Coast. To get up and get going, South Coast, it's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang, it's Tim Weisberg. Welcome back in third and final hour here on Tuesday morning. And it is National Food Day. If uh, if you are looking for something delicious to eat tonight to celebrate National Food Day, maybe we can give you some ideas here. Uh, I'd like to know what your favorite food is. 508-996-0500. Of course, we are talking about more serious issues as well. Uh, there's a piece in the, in, on the NewBedfordLight.org website that looks at, it's a Grace Ferguson article that looks at the housing situation. You know, they've been following along with this, with a series of reports. But this is uh, those who want to come in and build transit-oriented districts around the train stations in New Bedford. Uh, one of the developers is seeking to have the rule lifted where you have to have two parking spaces available for every residence. And the Zoning Board of Appeals is basically saying, no. That there's, there's no way people are going to move into the city and not want to have two cars if it's a two-person two household, two-adult household, at least. And so the, the argument here is that the idea of these transit-oriented districts is it's built around the train station so that you use the train, you use public. I mean, the people who are going to say, hey, I'm going to not drive anymore to work and take the train to work every day are probably people that are more public transit minded or maybe they're bicycle riders or they want to be able to walk to places. So it's, it's feasible that people would want to go and live that lifestyle in these neighborhoods. Is it feasible that, you know, the 24 units that are proposed, I think that was the number I'd have to look it up, but 24 units that are proposed, would all 24 people want to do that? Or would some of them come in with two cars, even though they're told that they can only have one? But I, I know I've talked with, with uh, Ward 2 Counselor Maria Giesta about parking issues in the past. We wrote an article about it at WBSM.com and... One of the, the topics that came up was the fact that there are people who bring home work vehicles and park them on the side streets of the, of the, the near north end. There was a, a, a person selling a, a camper that had it just parked on one of the side streets for weeks, taking up spaces that nobody else could park in. So I would argue that that issue happens all around the city. And yes, again, it's not the Zoning Board of Appeals purview to try to crack down on that. But if it is such a concern that they can't grant a variance to have new development happen over this, well, then go and enforce it in the rest of the city. Go look for those spaces that are being taken by people that are, you know, walking down to the bars and the restaurants that are keeping the residents from being able to park when they come home from work. This, parking is a much bigger issue across the city than just if 24 
apartments are going to have 48 cars or not. But the other side of that, too, is if you're going to have these transit-oriented districts where there'll be businesses, well, where are the business owners going to park? So you're already going to be bringing in more vehicles to that area anyway. Not to mention the fact that they're all these are going to be built up around places where there are already people living and need a place to park. So you can check out that article at newbedfordlight.org, but certainly we've been talking about it throughout the course of the morning. Uh, but I did also say that it is National Food Day. I'm going to try to throw out, for every day that we have a serious topic, I'm going to try to throw out something that's a little bit looser too. Uh, I did mention earlier in the program, if you missed it, that we are zeroing in on when we're going to have our listener get-together, our mixer, our meet-and-greet. Um, and it's a listener meeting. It's more about you meeting each other than it is meeting the WBSM staff. We're, we're all over the place, all kinds of places. We'll, we'll be there, sure, but, you know, I don't want this to feel like some sort of, like, station event type, type thing. This is, this is your event. This is your chance to get out and meet each other. And uh, the date that we are tentatively circling on our calendar is Tuesday, November 21st. Working on solidifying the location, but it'll be at a place in New Bedford with plenty of parking. Uh, we will do it from like 5 to 8 or 5 to 9 so that you don't have to be out too late. And, you know, it'll be a place where you can order a drink, order some food, and, you know, sit down and have a, you can sit down and have a full meal if you want. But the idea is that we can all kind of get together, meet each other, have some conversations, and then, you know, it'll pay benefits down the line. So I know a lot of times, uh, one of the things that you'll hear every host say on this station is we're not going to let callers get into back and forths with each other. Because when that happens, it just never ends. Well, I want to call back and respond to what he said. Well, I want to call back and respond to what he said. I, and it just goes into this whole big, long thing. And part of that is because you don't know each other. Like people say all the time, I, you and John fight every morning. No, we we argue, but we're. I'd like to think that we're friends. We know each other. I've met him a couple of times in person. I communicate with him off the air. I think he's a great guy. And so we just have disagreements about things. And so I don't walk away from any of our conversations in the morning with any animosity or any anger. Part of it is I know that John just wants to rile me up in the morning. So and he's trying to rile you all up to call in. So once you get a chance to meet each other and see each other in person and get to know who that person is on the other side of the phone call, the other side of your radio, I think there'll be a lot less of that kind of back and forth. And maybe this is something that we are able to do on a semi-regular basis. You know, I was talking to, to one of my coworkers here yesterday about it, and I said, really, if I was going to like envision where, where this could go, maybe like every two months we do this, and that way there are new people can come out and sure, the same people can come back. But if, if we do that, we can kind of move it from one restaurant to another. And, you know, maybe, maybe we do like a fundraiser each time. So it's not, it's not a fundraising event, but maybe we collect, you know, some cans for our, uh, you know what? I think, you know, that might be something that we can do in the future. Well, this one will be a little bit after the Hunger Heroes food drive. But maybe in the future we can do that and utilize that as a way to like collect donations for that. Or, you know, maybe we'll have a bucket out that people can donate some money for the mini miracle that we will be doing in December as we do each year. But for really, it's just about getting everybody together, meeting each other, making connections, and then 
getting along a lot better. I think a lot of you who can't stand me, if you met me in person and you had a chance to sit down and talk with me and we could look at each other one-on-one and have a conversation, you will absolutely despise me by the end of the night. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, But we will keep you updated with all the information that we have to offer on that. But I would just say right now, keep Tuesday, November 21st open. We thought that it was a good day because... It's just a couple of days before Thanksgiving. It's not the night before Thanksgiving that everybody goes out and hits the bars, but it could be a chance to to actually have, uh, you know, everybody be around. So we'll work on that and we will let you know. 508-996-0500. So going back to the idea of these transit-oriented districts, would you want to live in a place where you didn't need a car? Now, when John called in this morning, you know, he, he came at it from the perspective of, here they are trying to take away people's freedoms and, and, and their freedom to drive. That's not the case. Nobody is forcing anybody to live in these, in these districts. Nobody's forcing anybody to live in a place where they can only have one parking space. It would be their choice. And a lot of people do choose not to have a vehicle. There are people who decide, you know, when they live in a city, I can get to everything that I need to get to. And if I can't get to it, I'll make other arrangements. So I think that there are people who would prefer that lifestyle. Some people never want to have to go more than a couple of blocks. Or at least have everything that they could use right near them. Now, I could never be that person. I'll freely admit that. If I have the impulse to go somewhere, I want to be able to go there right then and there. I don't want to have to wait for a ride to come and pick me up. I don't want to wait for an Uber or wait for the bus or any of that. I want to be able to go when I want to go, and I want to be able to leave when I want to leave. So I I totally get it. But again, I'm not everybody. I've had plenty of people that I've known who have said, yeah, no, I'd rather not have that expense. My nephew goes to college in Boston. And he has never gotten his license. He's, uh, my son's 19, so he's 20. He'll be, I think he'll be 21 in March. And he's never gotten his license because he's never needed to. Somebody gave him a ride to work all the time. Somebody gave him a ride to school. And now he goes to school in Boston and he knows that it's not worth it. Is it a pain when he wants to come home for the weekend? Yeah. But to not have to pay to keep his car somewhere? And worried about where to park it and all that kind of stuff. It doesn't make sense for him at this point in time. So there are a lot of people who will have that approach. And say, you know what? If I'm taking this train to work every day and I can walk to the train station, get on the train, have it drop me off and I can walk to work. And then when I get home, I can walk to the things that I need. Why would I need to to have a vehicle? Not everybody cares about that freedom. Not everybody cares about being able to get in to a car and drive. Do I think hundreds of people don't care? No. Do I think 24, 48 people, you know, if it's 24 units and maybe two people live in each one, do I think 48 people might not care? Yeah, I do. I think you could find 48 people that don't care or that are happy to just have the one car for their household. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. You doing good how are you you know sometimes i hear these um topics come up or the uh, kind of the 
what what is the goal is, you know, the transit oriented district, whatever. And then, you know, I think about the train and, uh, you know, there's probably going to be 35 people that go to Boston every day on the train regularly. Um, and then if you take the cost of the train and all the work that's been done and all that, and you just said, I'm going to give those 35 people a free car and gas to commute to work, it would be cheap, but cheaper probably 20-fold than the train system is. So I, I think there's all of this wrapped around emotional sort of nostalgia around the train, but the fact is is that it's not going to carry... Well, you can look at it two ways. It's not going to carry the number of people I think they think it's going to happen, so it's going to be a deficit forever. But the other thing is there is a large group of people that go to Boston every day, which are, um, uh, which are um, contractors. And if they focused on getting the contractors on the train so they don't have to take all the trucks and clog the roads in the morning from 5 to 7, and, and then they have to obviously widen roads because of that, and it takes the traffic off the roads and makes it less congested for people that have to commute into a specific spot in the city. I just don't think that there's, I think this, the, the thinking of it is sort of nostalgic and not really based on like, hey, let's solve the problem or let's be creative. It just tends to be this, uh, you know, I mean, now now creating an, this sort of commuter district or, or um, you know, it's like all it does is, you know, people are having struggles trying to get places now. you got a husband and a wife. There's two cars right there. Um, <laughs> so I don't I mean, if you have, have an old enough kid, now you got three. So it's, um, I, I don't know. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me, Tim. Well, I, I do think that there, as I was saying earlier, there might be some incidents, some situations where uh, that creation of that district will free up some of the more affordable units and, and family size units that are in the rest of the city from people who are living in those now that would rather live in a situation like this. I don't know how many it'll be, but again, we're talking about at least with this project, I think 24 units. So I think 24 units is a, is a good kind of test ground to see how that would work. I wouldn't want to go commit, you know, 20 different uh, development projects to it, but I think having one is worth checking out and worth trying. Yeah, I mean, to me, it would be like, let's start the train, and then let's figure out whether you need to have that versus the other way around. Because, um, again, to me, it smells like a gen, you know, like an agenda type thing versus really solving a problem that doesn't exist yet. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? It's I like, mean, I know that you, you know you're saying you're saying that uh, it's a nostalgia thing for the train too. I think a lot of it too is the whole idea of well, we pay for it to happen in other places. We should get it too. And we'll see. We'll see if the, we use it as much as those other places that we're paying for. Yeah, well, I used to. I used to. And I'm trying not trying to be negative. I'm just trying to be realistic from my point of view. But um, when I was uh, going up to Beverly every day, um, which is a long commute, and, and you know, North Shore of, of Boston, there was a commuter rail that came down from the North Essex and North, and there would be five cars, and there was like again like thirty or forty people on the cars as they drove by, and I'm like, wow, there's like, why don't you take it down to two cars at least or whatever? But uh, it, I was always baffled by the lack of train use for commuting, and we're putting a new one in, which again, I think that there's if they targeted at certain groups that could really help, you know, to take congestion off the road, but. There isn't any thought about targeting specific groups and trying to make it cheap for like contractors to get on the train and go up or stuff like that. I mean, just um, it's just whatever. So <laughs> yeah, well, I, right, no, I get it. Thank you. Exactly. And we'll take more of your calls at five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. One thing that I heard proposed, not here, but I was reading something about it. I want to say uh, it might have been in D.C. 
with the Beltway. And you know how, like, that was one of the first places to really put in the the idea of this um, HOV driving, you know, high occupancy vehicle of where they would have a special lane just for the commuters. And my aunt lives in Washington and she drives into work and she actually started realizing, hey, I'm one person and I'm in a car that is sitting in, in traffic for hours. Why am I doing this? I can find people that I can ride to work with. And I guess they actually have these places where, you know, they will have folks who will meet up with people and you can get in the car and then you can utilize the HOV lane. Now, you know, you, you, you obviously have to know these people. You're not just getting in the car with a stranger, but they have like these pick up, designated pickup areas. So like, I guess you park there and then you go and you get picked up and then you get into the HOV lane. And one of the things that, uh, as I was looking that up and trying to read more about it when she was telling me about it, one of the things that had been proposed was a truck lane where the trucks would all be in one lane and that would keep them out of the general traffic. And the idea was that that would open up more traffic flow for regular cars. I don't know if I believe that that's the case, uh, but it's certainly something that's interesting and an interesting idea. I don't know that it would make a difference either way, but... It's one thing that people could could look at. I think the more you start to have more specialty lanes, the more you're clogging up what limited space we have on these highways anyway because it's not like we're dealing with very large sections of land. All right, I got to take a break. We will be back in just a few moments. All right, caller, I'm just going to ask that you hang on because we only have a brief amount of time before we're going to go into the news. So we'll take your call right after the news. But I will read a very quick app chat message before that. Sean in New Bedford says, if parking is such a problem, why don't they just build the building a bit taller and put parking underneath? If it's a five-story building, make it a six-story building with the first-story parking. Just an idea. And I don't know what the logistics are of that and what's involved in all of that, but... This is uh, this project that's being suggested is actually taking an existing building that's down there near where the train station will be and turning that into this into this new proposed housing. So uh, I don't think they can take this building and turn it into a place that would have parking underneath it. Uh, let me see. It is the um, the former Child and Family Services building. So it you know it's it's already built and they're just going to be expanding around that. So I don't think that they could actually build parking as part of it. You can see the plans uh, at the story at newbedfordlight.org if you want to check that out. And we can certainly talk, talk more about that idea when we come back after the news. And I will take more of your calls at 508-996-0500. We'll also take those app chat messages via the WBSM app. You can also leave us an open line voicemail where you record your thoughts and send it on over. And then I'll preview it during a commercial and I can play it back on the air. So all of, all these different ways to be able to be involved in the discussion, even if you can't call in or hang out on the phone while we go to the news. But that is what we are going to do right now. So we will go into the newsroom with Ariel Dorsey. Israel says it killed dozens of Hamas fighters in overnight strikes on the Gaza Strip. There's no sign of a let-up in the bombardment as the U.S. is asking Israel to let more humanitarian aid into Gaza. The Palestinian Health Ministry says more than 5,000 people have been killed in airstrikes since the Hamas attack on Israel earlier this month killed more than 1,400 people. 
Two more hostages have been freed by the Palestinian militant group Hamas. Hamas said Monday's release of two elderly Israeli women was based on humanitarian grounds, but Israeli officials say it was only an attempt to delay a possible ground invasion. Their release follows that of two American hostages, a mother and daughter from Illinois, on Friday. Americans want the House of Representatives to get back to work. A new USA Today Suffolk University poll shows 67% of registered voters say the House should elect a new speaker as soon as possible. This comes as the chamber has been without a speaker for nearly three weeks following the ouster of Kevin McCarthy. Federal prosecutors will reportedly sit down for transcribed closed-door interviews this week as part of the House Judiciary Committee's investigation into alleged politicization of the Hunter Biden probe. U.S. Attorney for the Central District of California, Martin Estrada, is set to talk with the committee today while Justice Department Tax Division Attorney Stuart Goldberg will sit down tomorrow. The interviews are part of the investigation into alleged misconduct in the Justice Department during the investigation into the president's son. The Texas Rangers are advancing to the World Series for the first time since 2011. Texas defeated the Houston Astros 11-4 in Game 7 of the American League Championship Series at Minute Maid Park on Monday night. In Philadelphia, the National League Championship Series is heading to a is heading to a Game 7. The Diamondbacks silenced the Phillies 5-1 at Citizens Bank Park in Game 6 to set up a winner-take-all elimination game on Tuesday night. Negotiations between SAG-AFTRA and Hollywood Studios are slated to resume today. Management had halted discussions earlier this month. Union members are asking studios for better pay, protections against AI, residuals from streaming, and more. In sports, the Bruins are on the verge of tying a franchise record. Boston will have the chance to match the start of the 1937-38 season when it visits the Chicago Blackhawks tonight at United Center, and they are seeking their sixth straight victory to begin the year. The Patriots are flying high after earning their second win of the season. New England will be looking to earn back-to-back victories for the first time this year when it visits the Miami Dolphins this week. New England is currently last in the AFC East. And the Celtics are gearing up for the start of the regular season. Boston will open the year against the New York Knicks tomorrow night at Madison Square Garden. The Celtics have made several key changes to the roster since losing in the Eastern Conference Finals. The Celtics also acquired Kristaps Porzingis, Andrew Holiday, while losing Marcus Smart, Malcolm Brogdon, and Grant Williams. Now let's take a look at your local forecast with ABC6. Chilly start this morning, 30s for some, therefore frost advisory through 9 a.m. for northwest Providence County. We're going to see those temperatures rebound nicely as we head into the afternoon hour with plenty of sunshine and temperatures in the 60s overnight dry in the 40s for tomorrow, 60s for some, 70s for others. Sure to watch ABC6 for my full seven-day forecast. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Ceci del Carmen on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. I'm Errol Dorsey for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. It's okay if you listen in the shower. <laughs> Just keep it to yourself and don't make it weird. Back to the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM.
you know that as you're now getting up and getting ready to start your day, you're you're doing the butt. You you can't help it. You got to do the butt when you hear that song. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. You amaze me every single day, Mr. Weisberg. What, what did I do today? Every single day. I think that you should keep a screwdriver with you everywhere you go. Okay. Because your, your screws need to be tightened a little more every day. Oh, what, what in particular today? Well, I can't believe you would uh, suggest that your son not have a driver's license. Really? Today, That's the universal ID nowadays. You need it. Everybody should be driving. I didn't, There's no I didn't. reason not to drive. My son has a driver's license. I didn't suggest that he doesn't have one. I said my nephew. I, I, I said my no. I said my my nephew chose not to get his license because he's going to school in Boston and he doesn't he doesn't have a car. Well, that's okay for that, but to never have one. Well, I don't think he'll never have one. He just doesn't have one now. No, but you you also kept on saying things like nobody really needs it. You can go get a ride. You don't have to pay for this and that. When it's, it's cold in the winter time, not what I said. stand on the corner waiting for buses or Ubers or cabs. Sure, some people do. Everybody, everybody needs a license and a car in today's world. And then you're okay with 24 residents with 48 parking places. Well, they wouldn't have 40. They wouldn't have room now. We well, have enough room now. Well, no, hold on, because if they were to build 24 units anywhere in the city, then 48 parking spaces would be the requirement. That's currently the requirement in New Bedford. You have to have two for every residence. This is being proposed to have 24 spaces, really? 24 units with less than that. Yes, that's that's the, the zoning requirement. So it is a requirement everywhere in the city of New Bedford, two spots for, for any, every any new development. Yes. Any new development. But you agree with that? That's okay. I mean, I I understand why they're doing it. Oh, I understand it too, but that doesn't make it right. We don't have enough room for things right now as it is. I mean, that's it's pretty standard. I I would think that that would be what you would expect to have happen. So if you're going to have any no, housing that's built, you would expect that there would have to be that number of spaces. No, I don't agree with it. One person, if there's two people living in the same place, one gets the parking space, one parks out on the street like everybody else. So then it, 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 so it looks like, so let me give you the numbers here. It's actually, it's 35 apartments with 27 off-street parking spaces. So it's not even a matter of half. They're still taking into account that some people will own two cars. They're just assuming that out of that, maybe there'll be five and three is eight. Eight people would be single individuals that only have one car. Well, then what about people who have, one has a car and one has a big wide truck? That's not going to just take up one little spot. It's going to make it a tight squeeze. Well, it sounds and like nowadays it, everybody's driving SUVs. It, it sounds like then then you side with the developer who says that you don't need to have two spaces for every every residence. That's right, you don't. It should not be a requirement, is what I'm saying. Well, I mean, so current, currently, right now, it is. So now, every new development they make, every person gets two spots. Mm-hmm. Every residence gets two spots. Not, not every oh, I, I'm so sorry. Maybe, maybe in. I'm, maybe I'm misspeaking. It's every residence, not every residence. So every, every home gets two spaces. And what kind of places are we talking about? Are we talking about apartment buildings? Are we talking about apartments? People that own their home? Yeah. Well, I think this is probably more for apartments. Yeah. I don't think when you when you build your home, I don't think it matters. Um, you know, if you have a driveway, you can put as many cars as you want on the driveway. But I think when they're talking about street parking. Any new, anything that's built has to have two spaces for every residence. So for every there apartment, people, every home. And there are people with driveways 
and still park their cars and trucks on the street. That is true. They don't even use it, and that that's wrong. They should do something about that. I, I will never agree with that. Two spaces for, for residents. I'm sorry. I don't, I, I don't think that's right. It doesn't sound right. Well, the, one of the one of the big problems is you'll have these, you know, uh, three family homes that have a driveway, and then only one person will be able to use the driveway because the other people, if they park there, they don't want to have to, you know, move their car for that person to get out. So then you have you end up with a driveway where there's one car for a driveway that goes the whole length of the property. That's just wasted space too. But do you think it's okay? No, I don't think it's okay. No, I meant about the two spots. I, I don't okay? I don't feel, have a feeling about it one way or the other. I understand why that they put that into into effect, but I don't think that it's feasible to think that in some of these areas you want to build more housing that you can expect to have that requirement fulfilled. What's going on with the Manjaro? Because I saw a documentary last night, and it was from a doctor. Okay, well. He, sooner or later, you know what's going to happen, Mr. Weisberg. I don't. You cannot. You cannot take them shots the rest of your life. So you know what they're all saying. It does cause damage, and you will gain more than what you lost back. They're they're all yeah. saying. Who who's saying that? The doctors that were in the documentary. Okay, there's a lot of doctors that weren't in the documentary that are saying differently. I know. I know you're dancing around. I should call you the dancer. Well, did they did they present the other side? Did they have the other side telling you that you know there aren't these issues they, related to they it? They talked all about it. They said everything about it, and they were saying that this thing went uh, too viral too quickly, and a lot of people that are trying this method don't have the full information because there isn't a lot of research on it at all, and it's going to probably cause damages in the future instead of. Just stick with being uh, real. Just watch the diet. Watch. I'm not going on any of them shots. I thought about that, but no, I'm not going to do that. Well, that's your choice. I'm, do, I'm doing well without it, and you could too. What's going to happen when you, you're not fully covered? Or you have to pay for this whole thing. Then I wouldn't take it. Okay, and then you know what you're going to have to face what's going to happen. You're not, or you if I started to have ill effects of it, I'd stop taking it. You don't have any reservations about it yet at all? No. I've had no, I've had no side effects. I've had no issues. They monitor everything. They monitor my liver. They monitor everything to make sure there's no, there's no issues. Have you heard about Ozempic face? How you get this when you lose the weight, and since you're not losing it naturally and normally, your face uh, just sags and it ages you and makes you look older. No, I, I haven't heard about that, and I know plenty of people that are taking Ozempic that haven't had that ha haven't haven't had well, that I happen to them. I send you the documentaries, and you can just make your own judgment. You know, I'm, I mean, I'm telling you, I'm probably not going to watch it. I can tell you right now, I've I've lost a lot of weight in my face, and everybody tells me I look ten years younger. Well, that's wonderful, but what's going to happen? Don't you aren't you worried at all about when you stop taking that medication? Because all medications have side effects. You know that. You I've know had it. I've had zero side effects from this. Well, yeah. How long have you been on it? Since July. Okay. Well, next July, if you're still on it, Reverend, put some good pictures up. Well, I, I probably, I probably wouldn't be because I hope that by then I've hit my goal and then I won't need it anymore. Okay. Well, we just have to wait and see. Okay. All medicines have side effects, and no matter what, everything has to go filtered through your liver. And once your liver's gone, if you don't have somebody to give you one. You're pretty, pretty much screwed. 
That's and why. That that's why they're monitoring my liver. That's why I take the, these uh, lipid panels uh, to, to test and see what's going on with my liver. Yeah, but why? Why are you doing that? You must be worried about it. Then if no, so it's just about it's it, why do it? Part of the blood work that they do for me all the time. Yeah, and that's why they're doing it. You want to know why? No, doing I've been doing blood, blood work for years because I'm diabetic. Oh, I understand that. Me, me too. But the real reason people think that they're having these blood works every three months or whatever. They're really checking to see how your liver is doing. That's what they're checking for, because they know. Right, that's what I just goes said. Through your liver, that's what it's. That's the reason for it. They don't want you to miss any blood work, and I wouldn't if I were you. Yeah, I don't. I do it. I usually wait. Until, I, I usually wait until like two days before I'm supposed to go to the doctor because I forget to go in okay. advance. But I do it. Mm, well, and there are people who have uh, their own videos put up on YouTube. People that have used Ozempic and Manjaro, and there's another one. So. Now, listen, everything's going to have that. There's, no matter what it is, yes. it's going to work that way with somebody, but it doesn't mean it works so that way with everybody. You those chances, even though people are testifying. Yeah, it's called risk assessment. It's called what? Risk assessment. And you don't mind that risk? No, because it's a very, very small risk. You wouldn't rather control your diet yourself instead of be controlled by a medication? Yeah, I tried it for years, and it didn't work. Because maybe you weren't doing the right Things. Well, you know, Mary, maybe, you're a much maybe, more disciplined person than I am. Well, yes, I think I am because I'm doing it without any medication. And believe me, I'm way older than you, and I've been trying to do this for over 50 years. Well, you're just a better person than me. No, I'm not saying that now. Don't stop that. I'm just saying I've tried everything. And, and believe me, nothing works. It's only temporary. So if you can do it by just simply what you're eating... And walking. You don't have to run or go to a gym. Just walk. That's all I do. And it's helping me greatly. And I'm not going to stop what I'm doing to try any new medication that's coming. That, I'm sorry, but I won't. Thank you for all the time today, Mr. Washington. All right. Thank you. And, and good luck. Keep right. your license. Don't give it up now. All right. You have a good day. You too. Uh, 508-996-0500. I got to take a break. Callers, hang on. This is a quick one. As soon as we uh, take this break, I'll take your... Welcome back in. Let's jump right back into the calls. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Hey, Tim. Good morning. How you doing? Hey, I also agree with the last caller. I think you should stop taking those medications. And while you're at it, I think you should stop wearing red on Fridays as well. Because, you know, there was... Uh, there was a documentary that said the color red, you know. I saw, is, uh, I saw a YouTube video once of somebody getting struck by a bull while they were wearing red, so I don't want that to happen. Yeah, it's uh, super aggressive. Like, uh, you know, you can't help but laugh, but that's the pro that's why I'm really calling. Like, you know, aren't we, uh, don't we have a choice in life? Like, isn't that a part of, you know, living, being a human, having human rights and being able to make your own choices and decisions? You know, that's what I see, like, across the board and what's being taken away. Like, you know, even with this parking situation where uh, the 24 units, 48 spaces or whatever, uh, or reverse, whatever it is, um, you know, if this, say this program, like you said, there's always going to be 48 people that you can find that are willing to do that, right, and only have one car. But the problem with it is if this, you know, goes well, for example, it's going to be the model. And now they're going to say, hey, you know, everybody in the city, instead of having two cars, you're only allowed one car. And that's the problem is we're getting away from this area where people no longer have freedom of choice. You know, I called Barry's show a few weeks, uh, I think it was last week, um, 
about that whole Hamas situation. And don't get me wrong, like, you know, I have my own thoughts, and I'm not trying to say, you know, what they did was right. But, like, when those uh, when those college deans or whatever were, like, or, uh, sorry, companies were blackballing these uh, students who were protesting and basically saying, hey, this is how I feel. You know, it might not be right, but at the end of the day, are you going to take someone's uh, freedoms away because they have a different opinion than you do? Like, it's it's crazy. Like, it's it seems like that's happening across the board. Like, little by little, they're taking away. I mean, man, you know, you did your research. You chose to, you know, go on that, uh, go on that um, medication or whatever. And cool, that's your choice. It is and I, I talked with a doctor about all the risks when I did it. I talked to uh, the the uh, nutritionist. I talked to the doctor from the weight loss program, and I talked to my own doctor. Yeah, and like you know, even with smokers, you know, I don't agree with people smoking. You know the health risks, but if you choose to smoke, and hey, go for it, you know, like. But then you see it across the board, like taking away menthol cigarettes, taking away flavored tobacco. And I know the idea is to get it out of the kids' hands, but you're also taking away and limiting people's choices and access to certain products that they want to use. It's crazy. Like, you know, it's across the board. And, you know, maybe I'm going a little bit too deep looking into it. But what I see is like little by little, they start taking away freedoms, start taking away freedoms, you know. And pretty soon, what are we going to have? We're going to be told what to do, what to eat, what to what medications we can and cannot take. And it's crazy. And I like that's what I'm trying to emphasize here is, you know, let's get away from that. You know, we live in America, right? The reason why it's such a great country is we have the freedom. Or we had the freedom to do what we want and freedom of choice. And it is what it is. So, you know, so. You're a grown-ass man, right? You can make your own decisions. You could do your own research. You can make your, uh, you know, you could basically plot out your life as as if you wish. So it's craziness, craziness. All right. Well, thank you for the call. Yeah, have a good day. You too. And uh, I'm getting some, some app chat messages. Uh, DSY in New Bedford says, oh, my God, you should carry a screwdriver with you, LOL. Um, I usually do. Not on my person, but uh, I, I have a Leatherman, and that's that's always good to have. Uh, and then also, uh, Melissa in Fairhaven says, I just downloaded this app just to tell you that you have the patience of a saint. Well, thank you, Melissa. Uh, I, uh, I think part of it is because, you know, I've, I've, I've lost weight using the Moonjaro shot, and it's made me less, less uh, aggressive, less angry. So I got to take a break, callers. We will get to you uh, if we have time. Uh, and we should have time as a quick break. We'll be back in just a few moments. All is in the air, and so are the flavors at Just Another Phoenix restaurant in North Dartmouth. You already know that Just Another Phoenix has all of your breakfast favorites, but what really makes them stand out are their creative specials that bring breakfast to another level. This autumn, they're bringing the spirit of the season into specials with offerings such as fluffy pumpkin pancakes, roasted veggie omelets, and things like their homemade bacon apple butternut squash hash. All of this and more you can get at Just Another Phoenix on Fonts Corner Road in North Dartmouth. You can either stop in and have breakfast or you can get it all through the drive through window. Today is Tuesday, so as a give back, seniors get free coffee with the purchase of their breakfast today at Just Another Phoenix. So stop on in and have something delicious. Again, Fonts Corner Road in North Dartmouth. Let's try to squeeze in another call or two in the moments that we have remaining. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Hello? Hi, you're on the air. 
Hi. Um, hold, hold on one second. I can't. I don't. I don't have time. Uh, good morning. You're next on WBSM. Yes. Hi. Hi. I got about one minute. What's on your mind? Yes, I think that uh, taking away our guns is noble. But look what happened in Israel. People could not defend themselves. I can't. I can't understand you with that phone. I'm sorry. You gotta. You gotta fix your phone, sir. Uh, each morning now, I've tried to give you the, the benefit of the doubt, and I keep getting complaints from folks over app chat and through email saying that they can't hear you when, when they're on their phone. All right, well, that is going to do it for this morning. I want you to stay tuned. Chris McCarthy, as you're coming up with South Coast Now. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow. If you want to come out and see me tonight, I'll be talking about the Bridgewater Triangle tonight at the Bridgewater Public Library at 6 p.m. So come on down, and uh, we can get weird together. Uh, tomorrow I'll be in, I'm sorry, Thursday I'll be in Sandwich, but there's uh, not any room left in that. There's actually a pretty lengthy waiting list to get into that one. Uh, on Friday afternoon at 2 p.m., I'll be at the Brockton Public Library. And on Saturday morning at 11.30 a.m., I'll be at the Holbrook Public Library. And uh, you can also, you know, call into Spooky South Coast on Saturday night. We'll be back at 10 o'clock to talk with you about the paranormal. And I think we'll have the full crew for the first time in forever. Uh, with Spooky South Coast this Saturday night. So don't hold me to that. We might actually have the full crew plus one because uh, Scott Porter is going to be in town because him and Stephanie are having an event Thursday at the Alley Theater in Middleborough, a big party to celebrate the launch of their new show, Secrets of the Asylum. You can find out more about that in the story.